Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And we could call this episode the dollar short episode because <laughs> it is a day late. <laughs> so whatever it we is. do, we're going to make sure we're a dollar short yeah, on this gonna whole thing. We're going to see if we can squeak it out this week and pretend like just it was just very timely. Friday is the new Thursday. Yeah, that's, it, that's how it, it works is. out. Also, before we start talking about anything else, I have to get out there and say it's called the muddy mat oh, that's the brand i couldn't remember week. when i got there yeah somehow i felt like i'd be able to find it in my email but false i could not find it while i was talking so i was like oh it's just a rug however it's called the muddy mat and it does actually work way better than any other sort of moisture dirt absorbing okay. thing I'm not here for the aesthetics of it, but I can tie it in with last week's episode for a, for a testimonial that sometimes if I find a box that needs to go in the garbage, mm-hmm. I, while keeping my heart rate up, run yeah. right out the door and jog to the truck while I'm breaking it down oh, and yeah. put it in it and come back in. And so my shoes will actually be wet. Oh, yeah. Like I've been outside yeah. in the wet and when I run back in and just step over that thing my shoes don't even squeak on the hardwood floor like like you know you were like out like they actually were wet but after you just nice hit that and I don't even mean like standing around on it like I go past it and my shoes aren't even squeaking well that's That's how you know yeah. It's a rug worth doing business How with. do you clean this rug? Is it a shake it outside or a throw you it in the wash? You can vacuum it, shake it, and machine wash it. Oh, wow. I have not put it... I haven't needed to put it in the machine yet because when I shake it out, like 12 pounds of dirt falls yeah, out and then you can vacuum it. Yeah. And it just has not seemed like I have to wash it yet. But okay. okay. When I do have to wash it, I will do so. And, and we'll report back. Yeah, and I'm just here to say that I continue on a hot streak of cleanser sizing. <laughs> Cleanse, what did we call it? Whatever you call it, cleanser sizing, probably. Cleanser sizing. Whatever the case, it I've, needs a better since name. Since I began it, I've only not been able to do it one day. Well, that's nice. I think it's because it actually is my job. <laughs> so there's no arguing with the fact no. that this stuff needs to be done. No. There's no way of thinking I can't yeah. afford an hour to do it. Right, right. Except the one day I couldn't do it was because Ezra just didn't care for it. He was yeah. needing me and I couldn't, you yeah. know. Sometimes mm-hmm. I have to do 20 minutes of the baby and the ergo running around while I'm doing it. But one day I just miss it. But yeah. it's fine. It's a good old tip. Yeah. So, I'm just saying, my testimony about it, it was not, I did that twice. It's that this is my we've new stuck, lifestyle. We've stuck this with is it. my new lifestyle, and it could not be blessing me more. Be- Your seat heater's on in case you I want to. I prefer it off. the seat being warm to the air being hot. Yeah. Sure. Um, anyways, that's what I've been doing. Running around like a fool in the house. Yeah. Just yeah. getting my... What I've been doing is traveling. <laughs> it's like been in a yo-yo sort of a mood where I'm back in Moscow. No, I'm gone. Back in Moscow. Now yeah. I'm gone. And then um, I just get into a sort of a blur of... I actually don't remember where I was last week or why. And I'm not really sure as I stare about myself 
at home what day we are and so what are my tasks yeah because I do try like I like having things broken down like where I just know that on you know on Fridays I'm washing all of the kitchen linens or on Mondays I'm washing all the bathroom rugs and towels and hard to I, do if you're not there yeah for and then when you get back on a Tuesday night you sort of feel very weirdly adrift for the rest of the week so anyway we did get back on Tuesday night and that I feel like I'm looking forward to next week because it'll just be mm-hmm. one rhythm but yeah but totally so before yeah. we convened this meeting to record a podcast we sort of started a podcast just on we the phone each other and, and then we were like wait Ezra's yeah. sleeping right now and we could probably try to do this yeah. so that's what we're doing but we were talking about how in our old age sometimes you're like wow there's stuff happening that I can't tell if this is because I am no longer the youth of today and can't see what they see. Yeah. No, you just don't know. I, I like, I look at people. So we live near the high school. And so I see high school kids all the time. I like a bunch of them park on our street and they get out and walk to the high school. And whenever I drive anywhere, I'm going to yeah. see the high school students of today. And I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm like, is do they think it's cute when they look at each other do they think it's cute because i can't tell what we're even trying to be and so you know when you see somebody going past in a sort of a i don't know it just looks like something that they rummaged out of a hamper in the back of the closet and put it on with no thought towards anything and then Mm -hmm. but you're like but is that chic is that fashionable? I'm clearly an old lady. Well, sometimes I can see some of the new, some fashion now. I can see that the only reason this is looking good is because it's on a beautiful woman. Like, where oh, you yeah. start with oh, a yeah. beautiful woman, and she can probably pull off some things that the rest of us could not. She's got, you know, sure. like, yeah. but what's confusing is where the models they're choosing are not beautiful women. No. The poses are not no poses for beautiful women. I don't know if you've noticed this, but the gap right now, I don't think has a single women's shirt that is shown fully on the model. <laughs> like if it is a button up, it's mostly not buttoned and they're and it's swelling it. off. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. like making a point to not be all the way in the clothes that yeah. they're modeling. Yeah, perfect. But they're also not they're very severe, bizarre looking. Like n- you can't look at them and think that you have any idea what their life is like. No. Like they don't communicate no. sort of humanity. But see, okay, here's what I was telling Rachel and I'm about to reprise here. I, Ben and I were talking about this the other day, and we were talking about more, like, architecture, but I think that it carries over directly to fashion. Anything that is an artistic expression, you know, in some way. So, I think that this applies to all sorts of things. But... Like, how you make your house look. How you make a meal look. How you look. Yeah, so back in... Which right in now, an older era, yeah, we're both looking stylish. Because this was an stylish. unplanned podcast, yeah. it caught me after the morning runaround and before the. It's caught me before makeup for sure. Yeah, but before I even recovered from. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. well. Yeah, but here's the thing. 
when you have a culture that is actively attempting to make beautiful things. So, I, and I'm just, let's just keep this totally broad. They're actively trying to create beauty in whatever. So fashion, in architecture, in interiors, in garden design, in whatever. You have an active pursuit of beauty. They will still be subject to trends because I think that's just how humans are. You know, it's like some new thing comes and everybody loves it. And it's this new fad and that shapes how people do things. And then another one comes around. But even though you can trace the trends and the fads through the decades or the centuries or whatever, you still have something that is in some way more classic and enduring. But when you throw beauty out, as our culture did specifically, um, and basically started to say, we would like to be in the place of God to say what? Like, uh, all I have to say is, let there be beauty. And, and whatever I decide, and I, claim I it name is, it, though. I claim it, and no, there is no transcendent standard above me. I define what is beauty. And we think about, like, this started a long time ago with um, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Like, that little phrase, we think is true because it's capturing the fact that Again, humans have my, different tastes. One of my favorite quotes in literature as in love we are astonished by what is chosen by others yeah and yeah. that little puzzle yeah when someone yeah. says oh don't you just love this murky greeny browny rusty <laughs> you when someone does that i might Whoa. Yeah, but the thing but is... But it's not that I think the they're thing. necessarily wrong. It's that I don't like I don't that. care for it. Yeah. Now, it's true that everyone has different tastes, and that's how God made the world, and that's wonderful, and there's diversity of beauty. That's uh -huh. great. But when people say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, what they mean is the ultimate arbiter and definer of beauty is the individual, and they are subject to nothing. I'm just going to so, bring this up. One of the things that confronts my feelings of beauty are the brown and flesh-toned irises. Yeah. That's the kind that really puts you yeah. in a puzzler because yeah. you're like, who did it? I Not, have a whole... Weren't a lot of grody bugs and stuff. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that we don't intuitively like. Yeah, sure. That God made. Yeah. And yeah. so there's a way where you have to be holding your own standards of beauty. Yeah. Not... Yeah. Not like... It's just you have to recognize that you aren't the ultimate... Now, and I am going to just say that I don't know when it's going to release, but Canon has the Read the Room documentary that I did where I do spend a lot of time, like, on this particular subject. But whenever that comes out, then I there's a lot more to say about it. But all I'm saying is when you have a culture that has decided that beauty is just whatever we happen to say it is, we still have fads and everything. But when a culture is trying to create beauty, it's subject to fads. But when a culture is defined only by its fads, there's nothing enduring or classic about any of it. So some of this, so, though, is I think is that when people were trying to make really beautiful, beautiful... See, let's just start with, like, architecture. They were actually thinking of generations. They were thinking, yeah. you know, like, so a lot of those old English houses were were valued for their history with the next generation trying to leave their mark 
on yeah. it. But yeah. the whole point of it was a very long story. Yeah, exactly. So they actually were never... So if they were trying to do something new, it wasn't because they were trying to really discard the past. It was because right. they were trying to make more past. Yeah. They were trying to... Yeah. And now we have such a truncated view of our lives and our purpose. And we're not thinking, who did we come from and who are we... Who, where is this legacy going and how can I mm-hmm. make something? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's a huge thing because the value is so momentary now that people want to just be cool for a minute. now. Yeah, right. And they're not thinking of something being truly lovely or beautiful no, for a long like, time. It's just like, oh, are we doing ugly? Okay. Oh, oh, are we doing unflattering? Okay. Are we going to wear our hair greasy, stringy, and in our face? <laughs> Watch me go. Yeah. And they're not thinking anything like, well, what do we want? Kind of like, what is the legacy we're trying to build? Where do we want it to go? And how can we be exerting ourselves to make our cultural manifestations in every area of artistic beauty? Like your clothing, your house, your food, your whatever. We're not thinking, how can we push this towards more God-glorifying? Then we're like, how can we... Well, see, I think this explains why, okay, when we were kids and we looked at pictures of our grandma or great-grandma back in the day when they were very done, you know, like they're in tailored, like, wool suits with matching shoes and hats and things. Yeah. Now, that was out of date, but I remember still thinking, oh, it's so pretty. You know, like, it's out of date. Oh, yeah. But it's beautiful. No, but it'd be a really rare, it'd be a really rare thing that you thought was really, really really yucky. I don't no, think I no. don't remember any of that. Yeah. I remember things that you thought were funny, but sure. but this is cuz we had the luxury of my grandma had our great our great grandma. <laughs> yeah, she had beautiful clothes, but also our great grandma apparently was a real shoe shoe hog of some kind <laughs> because there was a large collection of her shoes yeah. left behind that were very very pretty even yeah. when they were very funny and eccentric but they were or old-fashioned also half the size of any of yeah. us so none no. of us really got to revel in no. the shoe collection we of, never fit them when they're like albino <laughs> alligator heels yeah. and crazy really yeah. fun cool stuff right but i'm just saying that like but then if you imagine like kids looking back at their grandmother (laughs) who was a high school girl in you know like 1981 or something it just is funny it's it's more like when those fashions come back they come back ironically okay but there is but they do come back but only only with the irony of like but there's something about this that needs to be thought of too is that we have the weird situation of the technology shift yeah because we don't we have way more documentation of the regular life in some ways do you know what i mean like than we have of grandma's era like they're although that's not really true because no, the way they dressed all of, the time in we, all their casual yeah, photos yeah, they were looking yeah. a lot better than we ever and looked. see i just mean like okay i saw a high school girl the other day and she's wearing like I, I don't even know what shape these pants were. They were kind of like a cube. Like they went out in every direction as a cube. <clears throat> and they were like some really heavy, thick yeah, thing that was kind of like rust colored. And she's got weird strings tied all over, you know, like kind of like a string bracelet and 
trailing off here and there and and like weird kind of boots that weren't cute and then a what looked like a kind of like a man's pleather jacket from 1981 and yes hair that's like stringing in her face and and like weird and you're actually asking yourself and i'm like does anyone think this is beautiful right now but when her grandchildren look at photos of her are they going to be like oh it's so pretty it's like no because whatever this thing was the only merit it has if it has any at all is that it's conforming to some current trend but that trend is not attempting beauty. It's attempting something else. And I think that's the thing because in grandma's era, it was not less trendy. Everyone wanted to be part of the trend. Yes. It's just that the yes. trend was itself more tethered to something true. Right. So like when the trends <laughs> were tethered to trying to look nice or the trends yeah. were tethered to, you know, whatever, um, it was, it was different when people were still foolish with it. Because sure. everyone, even back then when women all looked better, a lot of them were behaving very foolishly. Sure. And this is not actually in any way a comment on their ethical standards. No, I think the point is that when it's more anchored to truth in what the... It's when it's more anchored to the way God actually made the world, where you're trying to cut with the grain of... His beauty. design. Yeah. And yeah. so that's why, like, I was telling Rachel, we stayed in this really lovely hotel in Denver that was like a historic hotel last week. And so it's like got beautiful old woodwork everywhere, you know? Yeah. And everything is custom for the space and really pretty. <clears throat> and I can't imagine that any time from when it was built until now, like, the styles changed. People stopped building that kind of thing. But it's been a classic this whole time. Like, yeah. the reason it's still there intact and is still a beautiful hotel is because people continued to recognize that it was a classic. It's not like people ever walked past Capitol buildings in various states and were like, oh, my word, that is just so embarrassing and dated. It's like, no, it's yeah. classic. It's, it is a classic, and it has remained a classic this whole time. And I think, sure... So, if you go to, like, architecture or all kinds of things, one of the interesting things is, like, architecture, so the classic column, mm-hmm. is actually built to reflect a ratio that God made. Right. And that so, is in nature. And so, they, what it is doing, and this is really interesting, is just that they are, it's copying the proportions of what God does. Right. In designs that were not we're not human made, right? Yeah. So those classic, I think, isn't that the golden ratio? That's yeah. not, yeah, it's a golden ratio. So, and it is really interesting because one of the things that that kind of beauty does, even when it is out of date, is that it feels, it feels right. Yeah. So like, I remember a architect giving a presentation on this and it was really quite funny. That was like the, some big modern art museum in New York, which I don't remember what it was. Uh, and then the Met. Now, the front of the Met is classical lines. This is the yeah. golden ratio. Yep. But it's radically imposing. It's huge. Yeah. You know, like the yeah. steps and enormous. Yeah. But it is all built on the golden ratio it has. And so there yeah. is a kind <clears throat> of comfort yeah. there it's, that we almost don't know it's communicating with us mm-hmm. this, that this is mm-hmm. right. There's something yeah. right happening. And he was showing us different <coughs> pictures of how... 
this modern art museum has like no human uh, hangers on outside. Like no, sure. and the Met is just covered with like the lunchtime kind of yeah. how many people just want to be there kind yeah. of sitting yeah. on the steps or around it yeah. like and that there's an we're attracted to it because it's actually god's it's it's imitative of god's design yeah. now a lot of modern sorts of things are that it's actually intentionally trying to throw yes. off yes. things that god put in the world so like uh which is very silly because good luck to you with that because even the thing that's most trying to not do any of that can't you can't escape it no but it is just as an interesting thing that like there are standards of beauty that the reason this is the reason this is pretty is because god made it yeah and we're and like oh that's cool yeah so yeah it's like working within the framework that god has put us into rather than actively trying to subvert the framework and make one of your own, which yeah. eventually, I, you know, like it's just, it gets dated so fast. Isn't that a bald eagle up there? Oh. I think it, is it? I think it is. I just was like, that's gotta be, oh, a, it is. that's gotta that. be a really big bird that's because a, I saw its shadow yeah. go by on that oh, field over that. there. Yesterday it was here too, when I was taking some groceries into the house and it let out a real like a scream an eagle scream wow i was like oh wow. my word yeah that's anyway something well so, nature sightings yeah so um i i do think that when we're just down the road far enough from our culture trying to say actually step aside god we shall become god and we right. shall arbitrate the rules of the universe and and I do think that like now you have these hideous buildings going up costing a billion dollars and having all of the technology at our disposal and we make these could have done better hideous and then the problem is okay there is a great quote um that is Churchill I think now that I say Churchill no it is Churchill I talk about this in the documentary. Just um, get it out so which we can is, know what we're um, talking about. We shape our spaces thereafter they shape us. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it is so true that when we have decided we're going to build some ugly stuff, we then raise up a generation sitting in that and stewing in it, and then it becomes like they don't even know what's beautiful anymore, sort of. And I do think that... Um, that creates a weird cycle in itself because like I, there's a guy that I saw on Instagram and I love watching his videos cause he does stone carving, but he, he always does it shirtless. So you just feel like you have another agenda going on here. So I don't follow him, but I see his videos all the time, but they're like blocks that he creates these beautiful old designs to like replace things in cathedrals and stuff where it's Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. he's copying some old thing he's doing it all the traditional way with a hammer and chisel i saw i saw one this morning and he's like got this big like gorgeous acanthus leaf or something and the i just see this comment under it that was like what's the point of this skill even we have machines that can do this and so it's sad. so embarrassing. And then there's this whole squabble breaks out in the comments where people people are like, no, we don't have machines. And he's like, yes, we do. You literally can program the machine and leave and come back and it will have a whole statue the way you wanted it. 
And I'm like, that is why it looks like it came out of a 3D printer and looks ridiculous. It's like when you see those, when you see the machine made attempts, it just, there's something missing. It's actually there's a funny soulless because, something. because you're like, so even if the machine was making it, we could be doing better things with machine made stone carvings than we are. Than we are. Clearly, yeah. if you could produce a lot of stuff real fast, why are why we not? not? Why, why are we, are we not, we doing? not doing that? Why are we making asymmetrical I do, buildings? I, <laughs> <laughs> why are we doing what we're doing if it's so And I bad? think it's because many people, like, if you're raised in the midst of it, and you don't have any frame of reference. You don't see the value in it. It's like, it's just a weird I think problem. And I think where we are right now is in the place where we need to be receiving with gratitude what we have been given. And we oh, need to be wanting to glorify God and improve on it. So we don't want to be encouraging people to go be snorky snark uh -uh. people about uh -uh. everything that actually has been very, God has been very generous to us in our you know what access we have to different kinds of clothes that you didn't Our have first to world you didn't have yeah life. massive first worldly problems that we're having here that people don't have nicer taste you know whatever but i do think it's also like in small ways start improving the yeah. the beauty of things that you're trying to do and one and one thing so i've talked to a lot of women for whom thinking about beauty is so foreign and and here's there is a lot of the Christian life because it's lived in community and that that's good and right that we're in community and connected mm -hmm. to people with different mm -hmm. desires and mm -hmm. everything, abilities and emphasis and skill set and, you know, everything that we really have all ends of the spectrum. We have people who would be very, who could really fall into getting way too into beauty Oh, yeah. And and thinking that beauty is all the things and refusing to see beauty in things that are not aesthetically attractive. Like refusing yeah. to see beauty in just making a PBJ. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. there's there is so much beauty in things that are not um mm -hmm. elite. Yeah. That and that's what I mean. Is there it I'll try again. I'll try again <laughs> to explain that better. I mean, I, I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to say, don't fall into the trap of thinking you should be so about beauty that you're like unable to process things that are needed and normal and good, sure. you know, and, and a gift, sure. whatever. And I think in church communities, there are different trends because you could be in a church where this ties in with something else Beck and I yeah, were, ta just we were talking about. Like, you actually need to get a feel for what your own temptations might be. Because you could be in a little church community where actually there's a bizarre obsession with the size of bows in your daughter's hair. And sure. that it has to match the bloomers. And if it doesn't, yeah. things are, you know, going to hell in a handbasket if we haven't monogrammed our smock but see, collar. Here's the problem. I think that, and I was going to say this earlier, um... Whenever, when you start describing the kind of woman who could fall into becoming too obsessed with, with beauty, I would say the bulk of those people have far too small a notion of beauty. Sure. And, and that's the thing is like you become like infatuated with one little splinter of beauty and refuse to get out of your myopic little yes. thing. And so, but so it's not, it's not that you're too into it. It's almost that 
you actually are not into it nearly enough because you've gotten weirdly stalled out in this one tiny cul-de-sac. Right, and actually that it's that it's not beautiful to be an uptight mother who's flipping out about the smocking of something, sure. having to coordinate with your but, brother's suspenders. It's not a beautiful <laughs> thing. It's like, that is not beautiful. That is weird and controlling and something else. You know, like, whatever. Sure. But having a, like... I think you're describing a kind of more like traditional Southern I'm also approach. describing something that I've never really been near. Right. So but I'm, there can you know. be a great deal of beauty in a traditional, you know, like things are, are sort of norms and they're expected and whatever. And that's not, we live in a different part of the country and it's like, that doesn't, it doesn't thrive here. But there no, could be. No, it would be, be transplanting be something somebody, to an environment in which it does But I'm just saying grow. there could be. A huge amount of lovely inherited, you know, cultural, um, you know, I don't know. So the standards, it's just, you could then take that and then become a real work. So the thing that I, well, oh, for instance, I don't remember if we ever talked about this on the podcast, but someone shared it with me, I think, or it was advertised to me. I think someone Southern actually shared it with me. So it was advertised to them, not to me. Yeah. It was a full grown woman's smocked suit with the big collar that was embroidered with scenes from Bridgerton. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. And well, that's advertising just strange it's, and weird. Well, yeah, but I'm saying advertising itself as a great thing to wear at your watch party with all of your friends. I hate every single part There's of that. There's nothing about it. And then when upon further looking at the website, you find women's smocked bonanzas of mm. unprecedented darkness i mean like you i it actually is like a weird merger of southern um classic styles for children with the kinds of tea towels i never want to buy at tri-state because it would have like wine glasses on the collar like stuff that was just like what are you doing well but my point is that's that's, a weird cold that's just something i felt like mentioning because we were talking about smog things i was like it's actually the kind of thing that you look at and you genuinely just stare for a little while being like, are well, we being punked? It's like, like, it's is, like the high school kids. You're like, I, I don't know what I'm looking be, at. Nobody, nobody is seriously doing this, are they? I mean, you're yeah. like, I, it's a mystery. Yeah. Okay, but that was a real rabbit trail that doesn't lead anywhere. Because I hope and pray that none of our listeners are wearing their Bridgerton smocked suit right now. While or having watch parties. Or they don't care. They don't care. <laughs> Hopefully you're not watching it. But the the thing that is interesting that did just come up lately, and I feel like it's funny of us to even bring this up when neither of us have watched the original footage. No. There's some scandal scandal broth occurring about Allie Beth Stuckey saying at a founders conference that some of the trad wife stuff is actually not the same thing as being a biblical wife and mother and then everyone just you know loses their mind in every direction about so i was just talking to jemima about this a few minutes ago and i was like here's the problem is that so many people forget the square of opposition and they think they think that it's a teeter-totter of opposition they do (laughs) oh and we should say logic the square of opposition is well, it's literally a square, but it's that it's the difference between all A is B, right? No A is B, and those are the top two corners, right? 
right? Am I saying this right? And then the bottom, the bottom two are some A is B, some, some A is a not, not B. B. I haven't actually. I like how I suddenly like let me explain Let's this to you. Just hop wow. into a logic it's lesson. It's been since eighth grade that I yeah. Woo, modus ponens. Yeah, but here's let me the drop, thing. Name here's drop the thing. that. Let's say that Woo. I said all boys are stupid. The person who thinks I disagree with you. So what they're going to say is, no, no boys, boys are, are stupid. stupid. And they really, the this reality is, is, I don't think Allie Beth even said, no trad wife things are biblical. She was saying, some trad wife things are unbiblical. Right, right, right. Or some people who are into trad wife things are not being into biblical, you know, right. whatever, right. How, whatever right. her statement actually was. Yeah. And I and, don't even know. And neither of us watched it. We just saw that there was some dust kicked up, but the kick up and this, there's so many things I'd like to say about the flip out about that. One of them is, do we think like, I, I hesitate to ever say out loud about anyone right now. I don't agree with everything they say because that should be absolutely understood that no human yeah. believes with literally like agrees with every single thing some yeah. other person says it's so silly to say yeah. like i she's like it's so silly to feel like you have to distance yourself from yeah. someone because you appreciate them also yeah but my point is culturally we're in very different places than ali beth is like totally. very different. And, and I have no doubt that that results in all manner of things that sure. we disagree about, yeah. but I don't care. Yeah. That's part of it. It's just like, yeah. but so what is it possible that Ali Beth could from her different position than ours have said something that would sting a wee bit to people in our more in our circles? Yeah. Yes. Good. Well, we see, should probably consider it. This is the issue is that you shouldn't just be opposed to sin or stupid ideas that are on the other side of the political fence from you. You should be opposed to sin wherever it is. Wherever it lives, you're opposed to sin. Right. Stupid ideas, you should be opposed to wherever they live, over there or... And to be, to be fair, which are the ones that are more likely to get you? The ones that are close to you or the ones that mm. Hillary Clinton is perpetrating? What an interesting question. And so I think we should actually be far more concerned with keeping our own house in order rather than always patrolling so, what, and, what Hillary and this is the thing. or those of when, her are if doing. Ali Beth Stuckey says something that stings people in our own circles. Right. The thing you should not do is act like a rabid cat in a net <laughs> about it. Like, like seriously, that we're not trying to claw her yeah. eyes out. Yeah. Like, I didn't see anything. I mean, I only heard a very brief segment of something that she said. And I think that her point was just that don't get confused. I think she was feeling like... Don't start thinking that wearing a linen apron and making sourdough and like that the external trappings of homemaking right. is what it means to be being a biblical woman. Right. And you know what, guys, that's a real point that's worth making. It's yeah. like anytime we start switching from when we start turning to externals and things that yeah. I'm going to do this to be, yeah. um, you know, then anytime we do that we are doing a bad job. Like right. I know, you know, uh, like a women or a woman, at least I know people, well, I know of circumstances 
where women are doing things that are very counter that lifestyle, counter the I'm just at home canning yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. And they're doing it because they're honoring their husbands. And that's sure. far more biblical than dishonoring what your husband wants you to be doing but by taking a part-time job <laughs> when he would really like you to do that. And you're like, you don't understand. A biblical wife disobeys her husband and stays home and makes stew. Like, <laughs> right. that's what I'm right. going to do. And it's like, you know, that the thing is, is that the external trappings do not tell you what's well, going on on the, the inside thing. all the time. Humans are capable of turning absolutely anything into another way to sin. So it's like, of course, the bronze serpent is the classic example of yeah. what was a wonderful miraculous intervention and healing from God we then managed to turn into a problem or wasn't it Gideon who then made an ephod that became a stumbling block to him later oh right after right (laughs) after the big times of of obedience yeah so you know so you're like okay people can now sourdough is a wonderful thing Staying, I think both of us are on the record enough about homemaking and the importance it's like me getting somebody sending me that it's like somebody sending me the thing about like that Rachel doesn't think women should read their Bibles. Oh yeah, that was and a you're good one. like, oh really? Like, really? Have I not laid down <laughs> enough public discourse about this for you? Like, right, I mean, really? Right. But see, here's the thing. Actually, Ben um, in a sermon lately, I can't remember it was last week or what, but he was talking about the ease with which you can move from being the victim to the perpetrator well seamlessly while thinking that you're still the victim right so he was saying how we can be all opposed to like all the dei stuff when we see it in the political spectrum and victimhood being leveraged this way and that way but then you actually can turn anything into that where you then as a white christian male can feel like the victim of dei because look at how they look look. and, and then you become fussy as a victim of this you know, I know I mean? it's terrible. Or a wife who, yes, she would vote against it, but at home she uses all the same. Techniques. Nobody, nobody yeah. appreciates me. I work so hard. Mm-hmm. You guys all, you know, it's very easy to turn anything, even a totally true belief. You can then suddenly become a hypocrite with it, right? We're miraculous so that way. We are very much in favor of women recovering the domestic arts and. We think that recovery of the home is culturally transformative, all of those things. But there are a group of women who have found a way to sit at home and be lazy. And that is a real thing. And that's a real thing. Well, and sit at home and be lazy or sit at home striving for accolades from other people on the internet. But I just mean like the objection to um, the trad wife thing. There are a lot of girls out there who are like luckily I'm a stay at home wife and now I I don't have to work I can just hang out oh gosh I told Becca I saw an article about the new thing being stay at home girlfriends (laughs) which is exactly like but it's horrifying because what they're saying there's it's actually this weird um kind of millennial indulgence in like why should I have to work (laughs) no because it's weird like does are you with a guy who's making enough money to just support a harem of you getting your nails done Mm -hmm. and sitting around at home ready I mean that's just it really is just being a concubine but I do think that like we actually think that the home matters and women 
should be throwing themselves into the work of the home because it is culturally transformative. Not because it's just a way of keeping the women out of things. Right. It's, it's the way that women change things. Is and big there. Thing. And so I, it, again, with the teeter-totter of opposition, it's like people who are objecting to women in, you know, politics. So what they say is women should go over here and do nothing important at all. And it's like, no, women should go over here well, and do really, really important So one of the work. things is like maybe, and I say this loosely because I just assume that I have differences with Allie Beth. I have, we've been at a conference together. I have met her. Sure. We get along just fine. They're, you know, like she's a sweet Christian woman. Do we have cultural differences? Absolutely. Yeah. Does it matter to me? No, because yeah. it's not my problem. You right. know, like it's not a big deal. But the thing that is funny about it is to go on the attack of someone else. When you absolutely do not have Allie Beth's ear or like, like really no, the people no. who are ready to claw her eyes out are people who should have noticed what she said. Also, can I like, just, just, just listen and maybe yeah. get something out of it. And if you disagree, do you know all you have to do is be like, I don't really agree with that. Well, I have, I have something on that too, because... I don't mean to keep harping on the read the room thing, but I do know that when that comes out, people are going to freak out because they already did when they just heard it was coming out. And I, I will say, I love a good freaker. I am reading a book right now by Edith Wharton on the decoration of houses, which is a quite eye opening time to be honest. And I disagree with her every which direction uh-huh. but I love it because it is so refreshing to read a person giving enormous denouncements to wallpaper or whatever and reading why because yeah. you're like okay that's interesting I totally don't agree it seems like what she what, would like us what is all this to called? it's called on the decoration of houses by Edith Wharton and she is incredibly um, there are so many things to get out of it that are really interesting and it's from a very, I mean, but she's like New York aristocracy from the Gilded Age. So, you know, she's, mm-hmm. I think what she would like us all to be is Medici's, you know, because like Italian decoration. She, Rachel, mm-hmm. the way that you may decorate a wall is with a fresco, a custom woven tapestry. Hmm. Um, but never take a tapestry and wrap it around the corner in a space that wasn't made for you know like basically we all need to have palatial estates from the 1400s is you know kind of good but but there is so much to glean from it even in all the places where I'm like okay well that's just goofy and you have a very different life from me and oh wow okay um but that is so refreshing and great to read something And I can't imagine if I had decided to freak out, flop on the ground and launch an internet campaign because Edith Wharton said something I disagree with on the decoration of houses. Right. And that's the thing that is just like, guys, guys. Yeah. And especially stop clawing the eyes out of people who are manifestly on, on your team. team. <laughs> like, like, and even if you, so like I would say, maybe there are like, it is. I just think the people most likely to flip out are the people who actually are not in danger of having this be a problem to to their people. Like, what I mean is their concerns about 
Alibeth or whatever. It's like you're probably, if you're so ready to denounce her and flip out, you're probably not all the people who were just eating up anything that she, and I don't even, I don't even have an example of this because I'm not trying to say, sure. I don't even, I'm not trying to say here's where well, I disagree okay. with her. Here's the but thing. You're probably not, if you're so mad about it, what she said about trad wife stuff, you're probably not a group full of political activist women. No. You're so, definitely probably someone more susceptible to, to the, the dangers trad wife of trad problem. Wife. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, so just, yeah. you know, let's just Yeah. And chillax I, I a know little. that we have been quite careful, Rachel. I might be about to break an unspoken rule. Um, but we've been quite careful through this whole podcast to, like, we're talking to the women. We're not talking to the men. We have things that we could say about the men. <laughs> we have a lot of thoughts about yeah, the you men. You don't even know how many no. podcasts have not been cast or potted yeah. where we take to the issues that the men are, <laughs> that the men are equipped what? with. That's not our problem. They're not our audience. That's not the issue. But I'm just going to make a, a quick observation off to the side, which I have seen from various men on the right. Becca. Yeah. That I'm is about one to of do our it. rules. Becca's about to break up. I'm a big about rule. to just hop out here and say a thing. I'm gonna i I'm gonna dig my heels in and drag along behind to keep <laughs> what I'm gonna not do is leap full throttle into this. <laughs> lest we have to let the Holy Spirit delete the whole yeah, episode. Right? Yeah. Right? So just you know No, it's just here's the thing. I find it incredibly ironic that um the same guys who would object like thoroughly object to the feminist worldview who would post um photos from women's boxing matches to say how disgusting it is and i thoroughly agree with them it's disgusting um but why who would be like women should not be in combat women should not be you know this and that and the other why then are these same men so interested in going in and out into the internet to get in a big old rumble with a with feminist? Woman. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, if you actually believed what you say you believe about not fighting women, well, then don't, you know, just leave them yeah. alone. But they, they like a verbal boxing match. They like to post screenshots of them owning the woman. And you're like, I find this funny because this this is like the weirdest. Like this is rich coming from yeah, you. Yeah, this is rich coming from yeah. you. It's like they do love to go out, find a woman, beat her up in a comment section, and then brag about it. Like uh -huh. it, it's just a very odd. There's an interesting thing that I think is a huge role of women that is not talked about very much because even among people who really think they're embracing the roles of women mm -hmm. in biblical roles of women and men we lose the plot in particular areas <laughs> and I find it really funny when men who absolutely believe in the biblical roles of women yeah would invite me in some way to be what would be very naughty of me to do <laughs> and, and I you look at them like yeah. What are you doing? Because, yeah. and I, I think this is just because very few Christian men have had reason to stop and think about, like to actually think. So like, for instance, my husband has spent a lot of time thinking about this, right? Because 
Because any man that is married to a woman who might, well, might be invited to to be like, why don't you come do a thing about this? We have talked through this extensively about like, what do I believe is appropriate? And Becca and I have talked about how we think it would be wildly inappropriate of us in this space or any other to take on a pastor to be like, and this is heretical because of this. Not because we no. think he shouldn't be taken on, but because no. it's not ours not our to job. do. Not our like, job. And, and I don't think you have to spend a lot of time looking in scripture to check if it's no. our job. No. You just are like, that's a no. job for others. And yeah. you know what else is not my job? Critiquing the tone of men. No. Not my job. And and it is. <laughs> not in public anyway. No. but <laughs> <laughs> It's not my job at any time. Because if I had concerns, there are some situations where those concerns, absolutely, I should flag them or mention them to someone or whatever. But yeah. what I don't do is I, I intentionally, so probably because I could say I am a woman who might have thoughts about, if I was following a lot of pastors who were even on our side to listen to everything that they're saying, to read all of their Facebook posts. No. I would have no end of things to say about it. Oh, yeah. And do you know who that would help? (laughs) No one. No. No one. Because the Lord did not... Did not call me forth for that job. Did nominate you. One of the things that I do is not go look. I'm not on a constant patrol to find out if I'm disagreeing with men in different places. Yeah. Now, I fly, I would absolutely flag things if it was something that I it, that was in some way close enough to me that I needed. And you know what I would do? I would pass it on my concern to the men. To, yeah. And, and then I would be like, it. they can handle you it. You can handle it. And it's just it's an interesting. I know. It is an interesting thing because. You know what I have thought we should do an episode on sometime though? What? Despite the fact that. This is not a podcast for the men where we're going to take on all of their bad ways. You know, it's not like dear husbands of Christian America. There's a little word this for you, what boys. you need to do. No, mm-hmm. we really. How about that Rachel Den Hollander moment <laughs> where she said, "Brothers, we must. You must do better." We're going to not do that. No, we're going to not but, have that podcast. But I do think one of these times we actually ought to do a podcast aimed just at younger single women that is more like the kind of man to run from oh my word <laughs> i have thoughts there oh yeah i have thoughts there like, but that's that's difficult if the women who are listening to us are the ones who didn't run and are married to them that's, that's i know different. and that's and the reality is that uh, yeah that's a, it is it's complicated a, yes it's and complicated. you don't want to also do the podcast that is let me tell you how my husband is wonderful yeah better no, than no, yours no, no you know that would be bad it's difficult it's difficult what, but the, honestly the thing is is that there's in times where you find yourself in a like oh no how would i deal with this most of the time it's like why don't i go do some of the work i'm supposed to be doing yeah <laughs> that and, i could just go us, do yeah. just while we're on this subject have I mean like I have no problem speaking to a mixed audience of men and women when I'm talking about like you know like if it's a ACCS conference and I'm talking about um the way that I do testing in classical lit yeah you know like zero problem like 
of course, that's fine. <laughs> if I was going to get up and, and perhaps do a little lecture on, I don't know, how to solve this algebra equation, <laughs> I wouldn't mind having it be an audience of men. But if it's like, let me talk about Christian living you what, and you'll, your what you'll Christian find out duties. When I've talked at conferences where it ends up being a mixed audience, um, what you'll find is just that I use ladies, women, yeah. sisters yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like I am directly addressing things to women yeah. all throughout it because I don't mind if men, and actually this is an interesting thing because I've had this um, discussion and when people really say women should not be like where women are like, it's not okay. Like maybe the organizers of the con- conference want to say men are not allowed to come in here because a woman is oh, teaching. Sure. And I have said, I actually think that I welcome men to come in here who want to know what, what am I saying to, to their the wives? <laughs> because because yeah. if they're like, it would be bad husbandry yes, it would. To, to not know what sorts of things I might yeah. say to women. So I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. They just need to be hearing the fact that I'm addressing it to women. I'm yeah. not calling them out. I'm not teaching no. the men. I'm talking to the women. No. And if now, men happen to learn something, who that's cares? fine. That's just God that's using great. whatever. That's great. I, I do have to say, though, that sometimes hilarious things happen. Like, I talked at, a couple of years ago, I guess, at Grace Agenda, my talk was called Anti-Fragile Mothering. Yeah. And that it was an all-women's conference. Yeah. And I, but I am standing in the front of a church yeah. with a lectern yeah. talking to only women, and the title is Mothering. Yeah. So, and there's no denying that yeah. in that talk, there is at least, I am very moved by the material. So I am getting into yeah. a far more enthusiastic. Yeah, like exactly the sort of situation where people would be inclined to say preach sure. to you. Sure, But the context is entirely yeah. appropriate. Yeah. So yeah. we are nothing here and it's intentionally appropriate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, some months after that, I get a, a video floats by from Canon. That had done a clip yeah. of me from yeah. that. And the clip is titled Anti-Fragile Christianity. Because somebody titled it that because what I was saying in that clip yeah. was not specifically only yeah. to mothering. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> pull it down, take it off, get it out. Like, yeah. I don't mind the clip, but it has to say mothering. Like, yeah. because yeah. it looks like here we have a clip of Rachel giving a sermon. I mean, like, yeah. and, and because whoever labeled it that was was just trying to be not confusing like yeah, I'm talking yeah. about you know whatever I'm like ow 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 I, I, I find myself well, mislabeled and put out on the internet talking in a way that is suddenly in that context it, it looks was like totally a outside of my control inappropriate yeah. like I'm not actually trying to address no. Christians I had but the same women. well a similar thing when I watched the I should, I need to say just on Canon's behalf that they were like, oh gosh, sorry. You know, like I changed that because they also agree with that. Yeah, they're on board with it. But the, one of the earlier drafts of the Even Exile documentary, there's a moment where I have a Bible on my lap (laughs) and and I'm like reading a section and then I'm about to talk about it. And, and all of a sudden when I watched the draft, I was like, no, 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 no. So we, we figured out how to frame it. So I was like, okay, ladies, let's look at. Because yeah. it's just so not the kind <laughs> of thing. You're like, this is something we have to be careful about. Yeah. And we 
try to be careful about it, but we also don't care if there's a husband listening to the podcast. No. Because and honestly, the whatever. reality is, like, that's always been the case. If a man reads my book, Motherhood yeah. in the Trenches, he's more likely to come away with a lot of things that Luke told me. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's like all my books yeah. are like, and yeah. then my husband said, and then Luke pointed out what a, what a dummy dum dum I was being about this. And so I you think, know, Kate, Rachel, that little quote, they're going to take it out of context. Luke pointed out. I don't know if you guys, I was guys doing. know this, but sometimes the people who abominate us in all ways, like to listen closely to Trolling everything through. we say for out of context quotes that they would like to delight the internet with. But they also troll through for as an unflattering, a still photo of us as they could possibly uh, I get. I have to say, both friends and enemies do that. So I, <laughs> I just whatever. No, but they try to find a mean looking one and then put a filter on it. You but know? you would think my life, you know, I'm married to a man, I'm married to a, I'm no, sorry, born to a mother that maliciously spanked me yeah. for yeah. having a tood yeah. sometime. And I saw that one went so big that someone was using the hashtag free Rachel on Twitter, <laughs> like as though I'm still living in oppression. And then I married a man who just just forced oh, wedding cake down. Dumb, dumb he too. just forced wedding cake down my gullet. When I... <laughs> <laughs> These people, you would think that that throwing up is like the ultimate evil. Like yeah. we have a lot of sinister yeah. family tales involving throwing up. I that... know. Anyways, that doesn't matter. Now because we've wandered really far afield. I'm trying to say that now I've added to it a not even truthful quote. <laughs> Luke, Luke didn't even ever say you're being a dummy dum-dum. <laughs> I have shorthand summarized the, the no. far more pastoral approach of, but what you're saying, is it true or appropriate or yep. should you be this yep. way that you're being? You know, whatever he yep. said was not calling yeah. me a dummy dum-dum, but no. I, he might. I mean, maybe he would. (laughs) Hasn't yet, but who can say what the future holds? Who can say how (laughs) stupid I will be that he will have to point it out? All right, do you have a tip? We do talk for so long. We really did. We we went off. I feel like we could turn this one into a three-part series because I have a lot of stuff to say about it. Well, um, so I don't have a tip. Do you have a tip? Um, other than the coming around to actually say a thing and tell you that it was a muddy mat is what oh I yeah meant. good there yeah we're gonna call that the collective tip it's a dollar short so we're tips short oh there uh-huh. we go okay guys <laughs> until right. next time bye bye